You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time, or I should just say I am part-time sunburnt, almost incredibly so, and... uh I don't know, full-time uh, Golden Rye Draft Dodger. Uh, and with me, as always, is my good friend and uh, I don't even know. It's fine. So I'm trying to think of the word. There's a word I'm looking for for like specific, but like <laughs> just anal about Golden Eye Weapons, Andrew Patterson. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? You you have to. I <clears throat> that if there's one thing I remember from Marathons of Goldeneye and Perfect Dark and other games like it with split screen shooters is that you have to have some sort of standards, you know? You can't just go off willy nilly. Just have like ridiculous slapping each other. Yeah, well, I mean, when nobody in the room has played the game for like 15 years or something crazy like that, and then we boot it up on a modern high-def TV on a, on an actual N64 and expect that we're actually going to be able to hit each other with either throwing knives or slappers only, it's just a bit unrealistic, you know? I feel like it would have been... Expectation versus reality. Yeah, it would have been a little, a little bit different. more competitive if we were allowed to use the full breadth of the... Uh, the GoldenEye arsenal? <laughs> weapons cache. Yeah, the yeah. arsenal. In any case, it's a very easy way to get intoxicated quickly. Yeah. Is to... I think the rules need a little bit of tweaking, but essentially it is a drinking game involving GoldenEye, and that's really all you need to know. Um, what else you need to know, though, is our movies this week are, uh, for The Hidden Gem, a movie by the name of Kicks. 2016, <clears throat> 2016. Uh, I don't know what would you call it. Coming of age, sort of. Oh, definitely a coming of age story. I mean, it, it basically shows you the transformation of the main character from a child to adult. Yeah, that's true. Uh, super under the radar. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for this movie before it came out, and uh, being really excited for it. Um, I guess this was sort of around the time that. I probably get the years wrong, but uh, dope and kind of other movies where they were, you know, people were kind of embracing more coming of age stories that weren't uh, predominantly sort of middle class white uh, American, you know, like they're sort of branching out a little bit due to um, controversy and you know, I get, I get people just becoming more conscious about that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I remember seeing the trailer and just being like, oh, like it looks like something that would be up my alley, you know, in terms of how it's filmed, uh, the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, I, get, I mean, I don't know really what else to... Should we run down what the movie's about? Yeah. So it's about... Uh, I, I, I don't know why, but I can't remember the main character's name. Brandon. Brandon. So it's about uh, a boy by the name of Brandon who... Uh, Thinks that, uh, uh, first of all, he comes from like a lower class family and uh, suspects that if he gets some crisp, crisp Jordans. Yeah, Jordan 1s. Yeah, his his life will then become vastly different. And uh, so he essentially embarks uh, or actually mysteriously uh, runs into a guy that uh, that offers him some Jordan 1s out of the back of a truck and he takes uh essentially all the money he has had saved for his entire life and uh spends them on these jordan ones and uh interestingly enough his life does get at least temporarily better after buying these jordans would you say yeah yeah um and so 
But he, almost immediately after getting them, he is robbed uh, and a gangster whose name event also escapes Flacco. me. Flacco. Flacco, right. Which means small, apparently. Skinny. Skinny. Um, steals his, his shoes, and the rest of the movie becomes a journey for him and his friends to attempt to get them back. Right. Have so I missed anything? No, I mean, I think it's uh, it's sort of like a... It's not a new idea. Like, it's not a new coming-of-age story, you know? Like, ev- when you, even, you can even think of other movies, like Superbad, you know? They get the alcohol. They lose the alcohol. Yeah. They need to get the alcohol back to get to the party. There's always kind of like an element of that. But this movie is very raw. It has some comedic elements, but it is not a comedy whatsoever. It's very stark. Um, <clears throat> and and uh, I don't know. Like, it's kind of depressing because it I, it takes place in uh is it oakland it takes place in the bay area or something yeah I, um and it paints a very you know brief but vividly realized picture i mean there have been a kind of a lot of movies i feel like focusing on that recently um obviously even though it was very surreal sorry to bother you takes place uh in oakland and um yeah, it's just fucking bleak, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but feels normalized. Like, that's sort of... The movie is kind of successful at doing that, where I would say that a movie like um, uh, Good Time yeah, is, like, very vivid and tries to show this kind of scummy underside, but it's almost... It feels too surreal, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas this is just like, oh, yeah, like... Um, the cast is mostly, I would say, uh, kind of newcomers or people that you may or may, you know, you probably would recognize from maybe bit parts in other movies. But the one standout sort of big name that they have in this film is Mahersha Ali. Yeah. Who, who this was obviously before his Moonlight fame. Yeah. He was established, but people, you know, you might know him as Remy Danton from House of Cards or, you know, he was in Place Beyond the Pond. There's lots of stuff he's been in, but. He kind of plays this. Uh like gangster philosopher type character sort of like in moonlight but less uh but harder he's like yeah a harder man um <clears throat> but yeah i think that the scene there's a scene in which he plays the uncle of the main character who uh he doesn't really have a super close relationship with anymore because his uncle has been in jail for a very long time yeah for something very bad um, which he doesn't really talk about a lot, but then he gets to his house and, uh, you know, his, his uncle is, you know, happy to see him <clears throat> insofar he's, he's just happy to see family, you know, like there's, there's kind of an interesting portrayal of sort of these family bonds where it's like, I don't know, just like really interesting relationships, I think between the characters, but for sure he, he walks, he walks <clears throat> Brandon back through the house to see his grandmother who is like yeah. basically bedridden, like is is very ill, or at least is, you know, rest- something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. And they pass a room w- that there's just a bed with a baby on it, and beside the baby. But it's, it's not just- like a baby's bed. It's just like a, a yeah a regular bed, and the baby's just on the bed. Could easily just fall off the side at any point. Yeah, but then beside the baby is a gun. Yes, and uh, it's a very like, you know, pointed scene. Like it's very they. It's very heavy-handed. Like, there's no <laughs> subtlety about what they're trying to say there. And, uh, yeah, that kind of... Sh- I don't know. I think that kind of describes the whole movie, feels like that. Like, you feel like at any given moment when you're following the main character that, like, his shit could get fucked up. Yeah. You know, which it does a really good job of capturing that but sort of... right from the beginning, even when he's kind of innocent. Yeah. It's a very... There's an ever-present fear, like, you know, and they do a really good job getting it across. But, I don't know. It was, uh, great movie, I think very underrated given that most people haven't heard of it yeah you know, flew very much under the radar amazing soundtrack the movie is kind of split into parts or chapters and the titles of the chapters or at least these breaks in the movie are like rap songs right and frequently when he's kind of off in his own little world there will be sort of like a narration um or like a monologue track so to speak yeah uh brandon rapping lyrics from his favorite songs all songs that anybody who's even like you know uh 
just on the orbit of hip hop would would recognize. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's good. It's good. I also think that uh, like you really see him transform. Uh, and I, again, I I can't speak to how um, you know accurate this portrayal of that the life that he's living is, but you really see him transform from like this naive kid who's like really just concerned about his sneakers and doesn't, I mean, he just wants to have a better life so badly that he doesn't really realize that what he's putting at stake for these shoes. And like to him, it's more than just shoes. Cause they, they symbolize like, you know, a better life. Yeah. But he, he's really like put his entire life on the line for these things. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, Again, I, I think <clears throat> I'm weirdly drawn to movies where, um, you know, like gangster movies uh, are, I guess, another example of gangster TV shows where, um, not that I would be drawn to this at all in, in real life, yeah. but this idea of like, people are just people and there's like a full spectrum of, you know, these situ- people can be in these awful situations and capable of doing these incredibly horrifying things to mm-hmm. survive or that and it's just sort of normalized but like they don't it's less of a big deal if that makes sense like for ex- another example in this movie is when they go to that party uh in like the um what do you you know like they have those that giant parking lot where they're doing the oh yeah, the yeah. spin outs in the cars yeah yeah and then at one point somebody gets hit by a car and like killed yeah like brutally and like a fight breaks out and after the initial shock, nobody is phased by it. Like they're so used to living in a world where like life is so fleeting and you could, you, you know, that like you can die at any, second. you could die at any second that they're basically, there's people like taking photos and shooting videos like next to the body. And like, also what happens during that is like a guy, uh, one of the sort of crazier characters is basically just like ready to murder somebody. And he like just has a gun and he's just like ready to kill this person. Like, actually in fact does kill somebody yeah but like this idea that um you know i don't know like retaliation um this sort of behavior just like how normal it feels in this movie is yeah. like is like disturbing but like also you're like shit this is like uh, like they're this is like real for people you know like there are people that live in an environment where this is just like uh you know i don't know there's just like a lot of really i, I just think it's handled very well uh, again, like you, not knowing anything about that life. But yeah, it definitely makes reality. it feel, uh, like you said, kind of normalized or um, you, you, even if you don't understand it, you understand it from the, from the perspective of these characters. And, mm-hmm. it, and it does definitely feel, even though it's out of place for you, you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense though. Mahershala Ali's reactions to everything is crazy like he basically is just like you know when he's having a heart to heart like a moment with his nephew yeah and you think he's going to be like you know i went to jail don't make the same mistakes as me that's not the direction the talk goes in at all the talk is basically like i had a friend you know we were doing business together then you know i found out that he was basically going to turn on me so i shot him in the face and you know and i went to jail but the 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 story doesn't like have like a you know don't make the same mistakes as me it's basically just him being like handle your business be aware of the consequences like and you're just kind of like fuck that is some like head like uh even when he talks about one of his sons dying yeah that and that was the other like later on and he you know that's left very open-ended he's the type of guy that you think might seek retaliation for that but in that moment he doesn't like it's like he's not interested in it like he's just like this is what happened he got into some shit i mean i won't i won't spoil the movie but he's basically like he got into some shit and this is what happened and like you got to be ready to handle your business and it's like such a toxic environment for everybody you know like this sort of like vicious cycle that they all exist in and uh there's a lot of really hard hitting moments, but I definitely would recommend this movie. Okay. Like a hundred percent. So would I, and any of the criticism that I've read, I don't really understand. It's right. kind of bizarre, but uh, let me just ask you uh, if you could summarize it into one sentence, why should people watch this movie? Um, I think that coming of age stories never really get old for a reason, but mm-hmm. I think, 
this is kind of more than one sentence, but <clears throat> this offers a bit of a different perspective. It's a coming of age story in an environment that you're not used to maybe witnessing, at least recently, yeah. this kind of coming of age story in. Um, I would recommend it for anybody that really enjoyed season four of The Wire, which which dealt with the kids. Right. That That is like the closest thing I could compare this to. Um, or even dope a little bit but dope has a little bit well a lot more humor it's a lot more lighthearted. but they both yeah. have a similar like you know they both have characters that are kind of loose cannons and they're living kind of on the cusp of like extreme poverty and you know it's yeah yeah i don't know it's yeah it's just just fucking watch just watch a movie this is it's just dark yeah this one though um i won't ask you who stars in the reboot because that it's i think it's too early for that sort of thing uh, what was your favorite part of the movie? Like best moment in the movie? Um, I really thought that the part where the sort of climax was very impactful. The scene where he breaks into Flacco's house yeah. to get his shoes and finds Flacco's very young son. Um, and like it just so raw like that was like i i don't again the, like this flew under the radar but there were some like great performances yeah and uh that was like a really gut punch of a scene and uh i can honestly say that throughout the movie as the movie progressed i was getting more and more worried about that kid like peripheral character but like yeah. he is very symbolic of like it's almost like a it's almost like a younger version of the main character like his innocence is kind of at stake because his father is like, very, I don't know. It was right. just like really, really well done. And that scene kind of like was the, you, this entire, this entire time you felt so, so much sympathy for Brandon and like, wow, he's really having a shitty go of it. Yeah. Even though he may be kind of misguided and how he's, re he's reacting to it. You're just like, Oh fuck. But then that scene completely turns it on its head and you're just like, Oh shit. Like, you just feel so bad for that kid. Right. You know? And now Brandon is almost the villain. Like, you're kind of like, dude, just like fucking... Well, it's so interesting because I feel like at that point, he's so forced to grow up. But, like, not in a way that, um, you know, when you watch SLC Punk or something and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, Matthew Lillard's like, time to be an adult now. No more fucking around. It's more just like, he's growing up in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's just the path that's been laid out for him, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's, it almost seems in inevitable that, like, you know, he could very easily end up, like, one of these people that he really hates mm -hmm. at the beginning of the movie. So, anyway, I thought that was really interesting. So, how much did this movie cost to make? I'm going to say $30 million. The answer is $10 million. Wow, they did a great job. And how much did it make in the box office? Seventeen million. So, I'm not entirely sure if this movie was just film festival released and hasn't gotten a wider release yet. But according to this, it has made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow, unbelievable. Well, I do know that it didn't see a wide release because we tried to find it when mm -hmm. it came out, and I'm pretty sure that it. I mean, you can see that it was released at film festivals. I'm just looking online here. Came out September 9th, 2016, United States. April 14th, 2016, Tribeca Film Festival. So, yeah, I don't know. But it definitely feels like it didn't get the... Uh, didn't get the support or the put. I don't know. That's so bizarre, man. Like, how, this is the aspect I still don't really understand. How does, you know? it, how does it make $150,000? Well, like, how how did people see this movie? How is there nobody with nobody willing to kind of give it that push, you know? Like... Yeah, I don't really I, know. It, it's almost like... I know it is a different movie. It's, it's, it's very much in the same... I would say it's in the same ballpark, but just not on the same level. Yeah. Um, as Moonlight. But, like, when you see what happened to Moonlight, and I know that Moonlight didn't get a massive push until it was like leading up to the awards, mm -hmm. but you know, like what's it going to take for people to realize, you know what I mean? Like I, I, 
it's almost like I'm arguing against what I, the stance I normally take about this stuff. But like, how did this movie not get more attention? Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It seems nuts. I don't know. Especially the shit that is just like Oscar fodder that you see like come out around this time of year before yeah. the film. But you're just like, oh shit! Like this movie, you know, like midnight. The mid '90s is a perfect example. That movie looks great. I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. But that movie looks very similar to this movie in many in many respects. Right. And you can already see that like. You know, maybe it's just who you know, but it's like it feels like, oh, Jonah Hill's directorial debut. It's got like momentum behind it, even though the cast is not like, you know, there's no yeah. crazy in it. It's just like an underground movie, but they're already grooming it to be bigger than what it is. Right. And it probably won't see a wide release in theaters. But you don't think so? Oh, I definitely think it will. Just because of really? who's involved. Like Jonah Hill's first directorial debut. Like you don't think, I think it's going to be... Well, I just the comparison I would make would be like movie movies James Franco at the peak of his fame, he was involved in so many movies creating them and almost all of them were like, you know, a tour like But they get released here. Like it's not it's yeah, not as if mean, it's like three theaters in California. It's like Yeah. Maybe it's just the definition. Like when I say a wide release, I guess I'm thinking like I feel like mid nineties There'll be like two theaters. It'll in Toronto be at like varsity play. and like weird times at like young dundas it's not going to be like right yeah the same as like it's not you're not gonna be able to just see it everywhere in toronto well it's like when we went to go see the beguiling or something yeah exactly yeah so i would is that like considered a wide release well yeah because it's like multiple it's like pretty much a a release in every city is still still a wide release as opposed to like you know Mm. limited limited like there's some some movies that only come out in like la new york maybe toronto and then like Nowhere right. else. Um, Fair enough. Anyway, yeah, moving on to a movie that has seen the widest release of all time. Not all time, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Pretty pretty wide release. And it. Uh, this is a situation of we watch it so you don't have to, but you've probably also already watched it based on what I read on the internet. And that is the movie The Meg. Yeah. Starring none other than Jason Statham. Jason Statham, where have you been? Making the Meg, apparently. But like, what? Like, hmm. I mean, we can synopsize this. Uh, he is a deep, deep sea rescue uh, guy. O- operative <laughs> guy is a better word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, the beginning of the movie, rescues a team uh, from the the depths of the ocean, and claims that something attacked the vehicle although i okay so this is my first complaint and then we'll get into the things i liked about it but they show you that something attacked the vehicle the beginning you know where everyone's calling him crazy but like it actually happened it would be way better if you didn't see it right as a viewer you know yeah like you see what's happening inside the sub but you have no idea you know whatever and it You'd be better if you were kind of questioning his craziness. But, like, obviously, you're going to see the movie. You know what it's about. So, I guess they couldn't really do that. But, anyway. Um, so, he's a deep-sea rescuer. He rescues these people while killing a few others and uh, claims that the vehicle was attacked by a giant something. And everyone calls him crazy. And he just disappears somewhere. Years later, his ex-wife, although didn't need to be his ex-wife, uh, is part of a deep-sea research mission uh, that sends people to a un- yet unexplored deep sea spot and they get in trouble. And the only person who has ever rescued anyone from that depth is Jason Statham. So they bring him in to rescue these people. And it turns out in that deep, deep section of the ocean is a Megalodon shark. And um, carnage ensues. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah, not as much Carnage maybe as I would have liked, but Carnage nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so that is the movie. And uh, the one thing that I liked about this movie more than anything else is it proves that old concepts, like no matter how recycled, can be vastly successful. Like it doesn't matter how many of these, like there's something in the ocean movies they make or just like there's some sort of... Uh, ridiculous version of a Jumbo creature that we know yeah, yeah. Uh, people are just like i am 100 percent in you know and uh 
Yeah, it turns out people were 100% in because it has made a bunch of money. But yeah. What yeah. did you think of this movie? Um, I saw it by myself in theaters. <laughs> so did I. Uh, VIP. Oh, no, I didn't. Did I? I don't know. I think you saw it with Daryl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I saw the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp by myself. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> I mean, uh, one thing that we were uh, we were kind of discussing it a bit this weekend, I think that um, the thing that's the most un- irritating to me now, having done this podcast for a while, yeah, we're learning a lot about ourselves. We're learning a lot about society and how they consume media mm-hmm. we're learning a lot about the lines the the sort of sliding lines but of the sort of like objectivity of like how people review how they feel about movies you know yeah um and and generally i think that we've come to a lot of interesting conclusions this the one thing though that i think we don't talk about a lot is like this idea of like half stepping you know like i think that it is. It has been long enough since Deadpool that a movie like this, you know, and I know that our friend uh, who used to be the friend who would not be named, but we'll we'll go ahead and give him a name, Tom, will argue to the cows come home about the idea of bankability and like, oh, well, like they put this kind of rating on it so that they can reach like a wider audience, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But like it's a fucking giant shark movie. And I did my, what annoyed me was like, they did not utilize the giant shark in ways that I thought that, you know, there's a lot of setup for really crazy shit to happen. Right. And it didn't. And it's sort of like, I guess, where do you draw the line between like Sharknado and the Meg, you know, but I still think that they could have taken it further. Mm -hmm. And I guess one of the reasons they didn't would have been the rating. Like if they had taken it a little bit further, they would have had to put it, upgrade it from PG 13 to R. Right. Because I don't know, I just like, I expected, I guess, for, you know, spoiler alert, there's a sequence where there's like the most pop, most densely populated beach. Well, it's not a spoiler, it's in the preview. Yeah, but like the this whole like, yeah, right. But the most densely populated beach like in the world and you're like, oh shit, there is going to be some blood in the water, you know? Right. And I guess just like in keeping with the over the top goofiness and sort of just like you, you want it to be a little crazier i feel you know i at least i did and that that was my only real problem with it was like aside from like a few sequences like where fucking jason statham is like stabbing it in the eye and it like breaches out of the water and it's like the slow motion like him riding the side of a giant shark which yeah. is hilarious and amazing i just wanted to see there's so much build up to that beach scene yeah and like four people kind of get like eaten sort of off screen kind of you know like it's kind of like blurry there's no right and you you almost like at that point it's very morbid to say this but you want to see something goofy like this giant shark just like an aerial view of it like cutting through like a swath of just like and uh i don't know i guess i just kind of wish there was more stuff like that and and i just felt that i thought there was going to be way more ridiculous shark combat you know right when it's just like oh jason statham's so badass looking but a lot of it is actually like it feels kind of like almost how people would deal with a shark that was killing people that wasn't giant but like slightly exaggerated you know what i mean like it wasn't it wasn't like they weren't immediately like oh shit let's fucking like get a fighter jet to drop bombs on this thing, you know, which would have been, I guess maybe too far, but like, I don't know. I just think there's a, there's a big gray area there and they didn't go far enough. They didn't probe far enough into it to really like knock it out of the park for me, but like it was fine for what it was. Like it was exactly what you expect it to be. I thought the CG was really good. Yeah. In the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It stars a bunch of Asian people, maybe for the wrong reasons. Because uh, there's like an Asian production house and clearly they wanted to sell the movie in Asia. But nonetheless, you know, in the in the sort of vein of crazy rich Asians, it uh, is pretty forward thinking with its casting. Yeah. A, a bit stereotypical with the way the characters are. The black guy. Oh, they're all of them. Like, <laughs> uh, although I, I like I like the idea of because, you know, if this movie was made in like the early 90s or the late 80s. The billionaire character would have been like a stuck-up British sort of like, oh, what's going on here kind of character. Yeah. Whereas now it's like a backwards hat wearing. It's like Elon Musk or like yeah, fucking, yeah. 
which is kind of funny that that's the new sort of uh, the way that we view billionaires. Uh, one other thing that I really liked about it was, and this was just my own imagination, but the scene where um, the female character is in that sort of glass uh, cylinder mm-hmm. trying to find the shark and like all of a sudden she hears like a knock at the glass and she turns around and there's like some sharks and what, whatever. I thought like if they could just remake that scene as a VR experience. That'd be terrifying. How crazy would that be? You're just kind of, because it's, it's, it's perfectly suited, suited for VR because you're not meant to really move around so the dimensions of the cage would be perfect. Yeah. And you're kind of just like looking around underwater. Like you can kind of see like the water, on, uh, the, like light refla- uh, refracted, whatever yeah. on top of you. And you're, you know, and then all of a sudden there's like a bang behind you. You turn around, there's like a shark. And then, and then f- like for the grand finale, this giant shark just appears in, in your vision and you'd like, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. So one thing I thought they did really well that uh, they haven't really had, I feel in, well, I'm sure they've had it, but not to this extent is the one th- one fear that they really, I think, capitalized on and played up really well is you're used to, like, the fin, you know, the Jaws fin. You're used to, like, the, the, the mystery of water. But there are so many scenes that capture, like, I'm not afraid of sharks, you know? Right. But, the, uh, like, a perfect example is that scene, but also the scene where Jason Statham swims out to it yeah. to try to tag it. And he can see it and he can see it and he can see it. And then it goes underwater and he's in the middle of the ocean and he like goes under and it's like first person. Yeah. And the water's murky and you can't even tell what the, what depth you can see to, you know, like right. because of the cut, it's like that green color. And they did such a good job of, of building up the panic of like looking around and not seeing it. And then like, you know, it's, it's like a kind of a new spin on the jump scare because it's like you're looking into just murkiness yeah. because that's how that shit happens in real life. Like I have, I can say that I swam with manatees completely non-threatening, but they're fucking big yeah. in water that was murky with just like, you know, just stirred up mud and algae and, and manatee poop. Mm-hmm. And uh, you literally will just be underwater like you're snorkeling and you just see nothing. Like you could, you could see maybe to your, where your fingers were yeah, and anything beyond that was nothing. And then just this huge gray shape would loom out and it's so sudden. So like this movie really captured that a lot of times. Like when she lowers herself down in the cage and she's completely submerged and you're just like, oh shit. And like they have the radar or the sonar or whatever. And she's like looking around, but you don't know what direction it's going to come from. Yeah. And that it could come from beneath you. Sure. Which I, I think, in fact, it does come from beneath her. Yeah. That would be fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. And they use that trick so many times in this movie, and it doesn't get old to me. Like, it's scary every time they do it because yeah. it just plays up such a primal sort of human fear where it's like, I guess even just an animal fear, you know? Like, you you are used to... what You want to know where the thing that's going to attack you is coming from. And when you're... Sur- pure survival instinct. Yeah. So that... And, you know, seeing it on the big screen, I think, also really played that up with the sound. Like, it, yeah. it was just... It was, it was good. It was good. They did, did a good job of it in 3D? No. Well, I saw it in 3D. Yeah. Was it worth it? Um, oh, I mean, worth it. It probably made that stuff a little bit more fun. But one thing that was, that was really fun was that I saw it uh, in VIP... It's pretty, I don't know, there's like 20 people in there maybe. Yeah. And during what, there's these two guys in the front row and at like one of the quietest moments of the movie, it goes from like extremely loud to extremely quiet. One of them just ripped a huge fart that had it been seconds earlier, nobody would have been able to hear. (laughs) But because it just went to like quiet ocean, open ocean, there was just this like (laughs) sound and then they started laughing. But everybody in the theater, I was sitting beside this like couple that were clearly on a date and everybody was laughing and it got it, it turned into like sleepover style. Like everybody was like giggling. And then when somebody would stop, somebody else would start. And it just like, (laughs) there was like a good like 30, 45 seconds of just people laughing because one of these guys guys just uh ripped a huge a huge toot um so that i mean has nothing to do with the movie but it made the experience a little bit more it broke the tension say that i like the daughter in the film yeah yeah she did I a thought good she, job she was funny and like i got the impression throughout the movie that she knew that it was like a like nod nod wink wink type of thing yeah because she kept doing things that were so over the top like that one scene where she's like moving her eyebrows <laughs> up and down and stuff and i'm just like oh this is perfect 
But like to your point, there are there were points where I was like, it's almost not wacky enough. Yeah. You know, like they have Rain Wilson being super wacky mm-hmm. and like there's some other wacky stuff happens, but then like and I understand the action star needs to be serious action star, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But when they push it, it doesn't get super over the top, which it kind of needs to be in this type of movie where they there's these crazy characters. But anyway, I, I thought the daughter was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And it had it had enough of those like sort of cheap thriller thrill like uh, the part where uh, they Rain Wilson takes that like Navy SEAL crew out at night and they drop the bombs. Yeah. And he's like, hey, why don't you go out there and grab, pull some of its teeth? I want one for my trophy case. You keep one for yourself. Yeah. And they're just kind of like shooting the shit. And then they see all the sharks like eating the carcass of the, the giant shark. And then the guy lands back on the boat. And Rin Wilson's kind of like, ah! and he's just like, oh, sorry, boss. Uh, ain't no teeth. And he's just like, what? What do you mean? He's like, thing has no teeth. And then the other guy's like, yeah, I think we killed a whale. And then Rain Wilson's just like the realization where he's just like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like giant carcass bleeding in the middle of the ocean and all the sharks just disappear. Like right. that kind of shit is like very, you know, it's like like Aliens or Jurassic Park. Like it has that like cheesy, you know exactly what's coming, but. Um, yeah, there's so many moments like that in this movie too. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's fine. It's good. So why should people watch this movie? Uh, if you've been missing Jason Statham. I mean, the last thing I remember seeing him in is like the mechanic too. Right. I'm ready for a Jason state. Like he needs like a, uh, the Jason state. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's good in like cheesy movies as an action star, but he's also just good in some good movies. Like he could do it. Right. I just give him, give him an opportunity, you know? Anyway, I, I just, I like Jason Statham. I want to see him in more shit. Um, yeah, and if you like thrillers, you know, it's good fucking popcorn. Summer you know, blockbuster. Summer blockbuster, you know, fun, stupid date movie, you know, unless you're dating somebody that is more like, more, has like a TIFF membership. Right. They probably would hate it, but. Who stars in the reboot? Um, I mean, The Rock is like an obvious answer, but. But I The Rock know. is already like, I'm trying to think of like an up and coming action star. Yeah. You know, because The Rock is already like pretty old yeah yeah not that i want to stop not that he's too old just like it wouldn't make sense you know yeah why not just recast jason statham uh i would say hmm not a lot of young action stars these days can you think of maybe the guy from uh kingsman what's that kid's name oh yeah that's a good one that's a good i mean one. he's pretty shredded in that movie but i don't <laughs> i don't know if i buy him as an underwater underwater rescuer no? What if he's got like, uh, you just like tan him up a little bit? Well, what about like Army Hammer or uh, the guy who played. Yo, how come Army Hammer isn't like an action movie megastar? Yeah. Like, I he's don't like know. in The Lone Ranger. I guess we're just assuming that like big, strapping young men automatically have to be action stars, but. Well, why isn't Army Hammer just in more shit? Well, he was in. He's he's in a fair amount of movies. Well, he's in Sorry to Bother You, but that's not like a movie that everyone's seen. He was in uh, fucking the Oscar like front runner last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Call me by your name. But like, I, again, not not like a blockbuster. You know. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah. Why isn't he in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, why isn't he a bigger star? Yeah. Why isn't he in more funny movies with like the the Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen crew? I feel like he could. Yeah, he, he could, could hang with those off. guys. You know. As a very specific character yeah. type, but it would be great. His performance in uh, in uh, the Social Network pretty funny. Yeah, it was great. You know, <clears> I'm I'm five ten, whatever, twins. whatever, and there's two of me. Yeah, what a great <laughs> line. Uh, okay, uh, best movie moment for me was that underwater tube scene that I talked about earlier. Yeah, that was pretty scary. It really kind of like put me in it. It was also so obvious when they lowered that thing in. It was like, oh, it's unbreakable. I'm like, yeah, but it's a fucking tube with an open bottom and top. Yeah. The shark could just swallow that thing whole. Do you see the size of it? Yeah. What are you guys, stupid? Um, I think I probably, as over the because it, it was one of the more over-the-top scenes, I liked the scene with Jason Statham trying to tag it. Okay. Because it had all the trappings of like, a, they're like, oh, well, how are we going to do it? Oh, well, we can't get too close because the vibrations of the boat or like, you know, they had, there was all of these reasons why they had to send somebody just in the water swimming. Yeah. 
and Jason Statham responds almost kind of like wink, wink, like he, you know, like it was just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, of course, uh, of course, yeah, I'm gonna be the guy that's got to jump in the water and fucking shoot this thing with a harpoon gun. But then, like the whole sequence where like it's coming after him and the boat's like towing him, yeah, and he's like, the shark is like right behind him and he's being pulled through the water at like this insanely rapid speed. Like a lot of that didn't really make sense, but it was still like you know it was engaging and goofy to watch. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. How much did this movie cost? 50 million. A hundred and fifty million dollars. Yo, the last episode, I thought I was getting better at this. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got one spot on. I know. But then this time I'm just <laughs> shit in the bed. Okay. A hundred and how much? 50. So I was a hundred million dollars short. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that it co- kicks cost ten million dollars to make, and this costs a hundred and fifty million. I know it's like so different, but like, anyway. Uh, and how much money did the movie make, or has it made so far? I should say, because it's still in theaters. I don't know, hundred and seventy million. Domestically, uh, North America, it has made a hundred and twenty-three million. So not quite its money back. However. Internationally, it has made three hundred and forty-two million dollars, for a grand wow. total of four hundred and sixty-five, six hundred and thirty-four, uh, four hundred sixty-five million, six hundred thirty-four thousand, eight hundred and sixty-one dollars. So basically, like Bennett said, we're paying our ticket cost is going towards the sequel. Yeah. So crazy. Even even though they have like, a, there's a couple moments in there that are critical of maybe some of the places that would contribute to this overall. Like the part where they find all the sharks, the finless sharks. Yeah. It's just like, what's with these sharks? It's just like, ah, oh, people cut them off, fucking animals. You know, like, they're just like, so like, I mean, I feel like the people that engage in that probably don't give a shit though. They're not going to see that and be like, oh, I feel bad about that. You know, they're just going to mm-hmm. be like, yeah. But maybe some of the people who has, help perpetuate it. Ah, who knows? Yeah. Anyway. But pretty fucking insane. You know, almost three times the cost of the movie so far and it's not done yeah it's not out of the box office okay oh i forgot to ask uh of the last movie uh so we'll do this we'll do them both at the same time kicks how much money would you pay to see this movie i would have paid a lot of money to see it i didn't i actually tried to find out where it was playing yeah both lucas i was like lucas was interested in seeing it too and we couldn't find it so I would pay a fair amount. I would pay like TIFF premiere ticket prices for it. Like 50 bucks or something? I don't know what TIFF premiere ticket prices cost. Yeah, I would probably pay 50 bucks to see it. Yeah. But uh, but also I should prefer, you know, people would be like, whoa, you know, like I, that's like exactly my kind of movie. Even looking at the trailer, I was like, even if this isn't great, you know, mm-hmm. sick hip hop soundtrack, cinema, like stylized cinematography. Yeah. You know, it's like a kind of like a street story. I don't know. And that whole astronaut thing, which we didn't really touch on. Like there was a, there was like a lot of elements in it that was just like, Oh, this is going to be a movie. I'll probably enjoy. Well, I thought that the, we didn't talk about the astronaut, but I thought the astronaut kind of represented his, not just his childhood, but his sort of like, um, uh, imagination Mm -hmm. and sort of wide eyedness and all these other things. And the second the gun goes off and, and kills it, I think is when he realizes like, look, finally the death nail and the whole thing. It's just like, what am I doing? Like yeah, this is real. Yeah. Yeah. Here I am. And like, I can kill this guy. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. And how much money would you pay to see the Meg? I mean, forget about how much we paid. How much would you pay to see it? I don't know, like 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would potentially go see it in theaters with like a group of people or on a date, like you said. But... Given a choice, I, I mean, it is a big screen sort of experience, but I don't know that I would pay a lot of money for this movie. Yeah. Going into it, I didn't know that it was going to be kind of soft. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, the the hope that it will be like kind of crazy. You're like, ooh. Like I hear, you know, like people will say what, say what you will, but mm-hmm. I feel like Alien um, Covenant yeah. lived up to that. Like... people who when you consider like the traditional alien movies and then you consider sort of like how far and wide from the path they kind of strayed yeah 
that movie was like I have I cannot remember the last time that I saw an alien not even like alien like Ridley Scott you mm-hmm. know alien but just like a, like an alien thriller that yeah. had that level of like kind of gross out scary creepy violence in it you know yeah. what I mean like you almost get used to it being you're like okay we're gonna go there's gonna be some marines shooting some aliens somebody's there's gonna be maybe a chest burster there's gonna be something gross but like it's not gonna be that gross. that movie was fucking insane like i remember saw it i saw it in theaters in imax yeah were you there no i saw it with a group of people lucas lucas came but i remember that we were like this the scene where the guy gets put in uh quarantine and the thing like comes out of his back yeah yeah and we were just like it had the scene happened and we just like looked at each other like what like yeah that's a crazy scene you know and so anyway my point is just like to make a comparison that movie did not at any point shy away from that kind of shit it was like okay like this is the type of shit that we can do with special effects and makeup these days with a fucking xenomorph right whereas the meg was like this is the shit we could this is the shit we could do we're going to tease it in the trailers we have the special effects we have the budget and they just didn't really like deliver on like there was a couple good scare scenes but there wasn't like a a shark fucking like biting a boat complete like you know yeah it was all just kind of like hey okay like something bad kind of happened but right you know yeah i don't know no i totally agree uh recommendations for the week oh that's good um my recommendation for the week is going to be the movie tag oh did you see it i did i wanted to see that movie it was good though eh? yeah i I, uh have it uh available on my media server and i watched it it and it was it's fun it's like uh i thought it was just going to be like yeah you know whatever like I like most of the people in it. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like, I think that they have not really had an opportunity to shine or they haven't been in like, you know, like that Let's Be Cops movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, this could be funny. And then I saw it and was like, eh. Right. <laughs> you know, like, again, opportunities for like, yeah. the, you know, but um, cool. I'll check that out. Yeah, no, definitely uh, worth a watch. It's like, uh, it's not spectacular, but I thought it was, it was fun and, and worthwhile and something that I could even potentially watch again. My recommendation is going to be music. Um, as we approach fall, uh, my, you know, I kind of, as the seasons change, tend to listen to a different style of music predominantly. Mm-hmm. Fall is kind of end of summer to fall is always kind of the time that I listen to more uh, punk and emo and hardcore and that kind of stuff for whatever reason. Yeah. And there have been a couple pretty great releases i would say great by bands sort of like old kings of the genre and mm-hmm. i don't know if you've heard it but the new alkaline trio came out this past friday i heard a couple songs i think it's pretty good you know i would uh i've thoroughly enjoyed listening to it i think it's got like it hits all of the right it checks all the boxes you know right. and it, it feels fresh while still being exactly what i feel like most people our age seem to crave you know right every once in a while something new but for the most part they're just like i want somebody to make something that i already like yeah but like a slightly different version of it and i think they did a good job of this it's almost like um it's almost like they incorporated what he's learned playing in blink 182 to like step up the production just a little bit not that they've ever not had good production but um you know it feels a little bit fuller yeah and more produced but not in a bad way mm-hmm. um starts off with a bang you know it's got that same old classic alkaline trio lyrics that are you know they're pretty dark but anyway it's um i'd say it's a pretty great end of summer record and uh i should check that yeah, out maybe we can queue up one of those songs a little alkaline trio yeah all right sounds good uh until next week when we'll be checking out who knows what we don't have anything lined up just yet no but right. hopefully we will. All right. Thanks, guys. Keep loving it. Is this thing cursed? This goddamn thing's the worst. No one looking that direction. And everything starts to hurt Is this thing cursed? It's been around
And every time my boat's about tits up, that goddamn thing is near. I tried to throw it in the river, but it washed up in my sink. And now the city cut my water, and it's all I have to drink. Is this thing cursed? If it is, then I'm the church.